Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait What? Comics Podcast for the Savage Critics website. It's the second and final installment of episode 47, and Graham McMillan and I finally discuss the movies Green Lantern and X-Men First Class. We also talk about the wonderful Mindless Ones podcast interview with Grant Morrison, and also Graham's picks for the new DCU titles, as well as the graphic novel Gingerbread Girl and the proverbial much, much more. Thanks for listening. Oh god, you want to do something horrible that I discovered over the week? Sure. Ghost Rider has a larger opening than Green Lantern. No, really? <laughs> Apparently it did. Oh my god. Also, that Green Lantern, did you see that Green Lantern fell 66% in the second week? Green yes, Lantern, I, I think, is up. officially DOA. Even though yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. making a sequel. Oh, Warners, you're so fucked. Yeah, exactly. No, and in fact, you know, we should talk about Green Lantern in the movie since we've both seen it now. Oh, yeah. We saw it on what Monday. Did, what did you think? You know, here's the thing that's really weird, Graham, is uh, I guess I guess context is everything. I went in there with such low expectations. That you didn't that hate it. I didn't. I mean, that's, it, that, see, here's the thing. That was me exactly. I came out being like, it did its job. It's just that I don't like its job. Well, I no, actually, I, I'm not sure I agree with you there. I mean, the weird thing is, just the day before, I had seen X-Men First Class. And X-Men First Class is, as far as I can tell, technically a better movie in that it's got more interesting stuff going on. But I was more bored by X-Men First Class. I mean, I don't know oh, why that would be the case at all. Here's the thing. Green Lantern's a dull film, but it's also really hard to be bored by Green Lantern because Green Lantern is the equivalent it. of someone shouting at your face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's it. I think Green Lantern, although it was dull, everything just sort of kept moving at a weird clip. Um, Also, a weird thing is X-Men First Class has absolutely amazing acting acting actors in the role, in like James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. Um, And then it has January Jones, who is, who gives easily one of the worst performances I've ever seen on Celluloid ever. I mean, she is like, she's like the Martian spy girl from Tim Burton's Mars Attacks. She, cl- <laughs> she clatters around and you oh, cannot no. believe. <laughs> I'm serious. That is totally who she reminded me of. She can't walk right. She can't talk right. She can't I'm, blink I'm, right. I'm almost sad about that. And I, you will remember, I was no fan of January Jones casting in the first place. But right. um, the fact that she is now actually become a deterrent for me to see that film, yeah, I feel kind of sad about it for her. Well, yeah, I am too for her, sort of. Although I don't think she has much to worry about in a way. Um, you know, as far as like, she'll be fine uh, in her life. But I, but so the weird thing is, is Green Lantern. By contrast, nobody's acting is as good as McAvoy or Fassbender's. But nobody oh, is bad. I, I almost as January Jones. I've not seen First Class, so don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, is it Peter Skarsgård? Whoever plays Hector Hammond, he's fucking I, great. I think is so good, and also kind of belongs in an entirely different film because he's so good. Oh yeah, he's just, so which, good. He he almost wrecks the film because he's so good. I mean, yeah. the film's already a wreck, but he's like great Ryan Reynolds is charming enough. Although yeah. I, I think tonally the film completely screws him because he's like, am I supposed to be sincere or snarky at this point? I don't know. I'll go for snarkily sincere. 
Yeah, uh, he has this thing where everyone paints him as a bigger asshole than Ryan Reynolds actually acts him as, and it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a disconnect. Like, yeah, and also like, it makes you dislike everyone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's like, "Hal, oh, you always let me down," and you're like. Wait, he's actually just showed up for your kid's birthday party and being the one right. guy who can talk to your kid and get him to join the birthday party. Why are you giving him a hard time? Also, yeah. you've just seen a news report where like they were like, you almost died. Why are none of you bothered about that? Instead, they're all like, you're a dick. You screw everything up. <laughs> and it's like, wait, are you okay? They're all like, they immediately launch into, my right. son is upset because you almost died and it's your fault. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was t- I mean, it's it's such a bizarre thing. Um, but yeah, no, Ryan Reynolds is fine. Even Blake Lively compared well, to like, January Jones. Blake Lively I mean, is surprising me by not being like a black hole of suck. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like she, she was, she showed up. I mean, she wasn't good, but at the same time, I honestly expected her to be so much worse. Yeah, she wasn't bad. Although, you, you, I don't, know, you know who I, the worst actor in the film was for me? Uh, Tim Robbins. I thought Tim Robbins was a Paul. Tim Robbins was awful, wasn't he? I have no idea why he was in there. Like, I, I have no idea why he was in there. I also have no idea if like he was high and they were feeding him his lines through a, an earpiece or something. Because he he again was in an entirely different movie from everyone else. He totally. I. It was like he. The look on his face half the time. I honestly thought that he thought that he was participating in like a video for a kid's birthday. <laughs> sketch, you know, those things that producers make to show their kids who, you know, for their bar mitzvahs or whatever. Like, Tim Robbins totally has this thing of, like, I don't, like, this look on his face is like, I don't understand. Why am I saying lines and why are you saying lines back to me? Like, I really, I do not know what the fuck happened to him. I honestly think they, like, gave him roofies and then made him perform under truth serum. He was terrible. But, I know, he was, he was appalling. But at the same time, like, he was by far the worst, but the acting was all fine. Like, all of it was fine. Which oh, is see, exactly. Turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean... That, but that's the thing. I think it's really hard film to hate, which makes me surprised. So many people are like, fuck Green Lantern in the ass. Well, it's because like, it really what? is a shitty movie. It's hard to hate, but there's almost nothing good. Like, it's, it's no, a mess. No, but that's just it. But that's just it. Why can't people just be like, that was not good? Why do they have to go towards, that was not good, therefore I hate it, I hate everyone involved in making it, and I hope they all die horrible deaths after getting fired from their jobs. Yeah, I, mean, I don't it know. Fe- it feels like there's an incredible amount of invective beyond just traditional internet invective well, being maybe, sent maybe towards Green, La- Green Lantern. Maybe because people yeah. really wanted to like it, and they're like, that. I think that's it. Yeah, but I think that's really, it. really, really, really fucking weird, seeing people genuinely be like i'm so glad this movie died it's like why well yeah why yeah i don't i don't get that either like i we've seen a few people there where and i i understand a certain amount of schadenfreude i guess but like it's like right save it for films that actually really truly suck so bad your eyes hurt well, it, who knows? Maybe it really, maybe their eyes hurt from it. But I didn't. I and again, I had this weird thing of like, it the high the highs of it were not as good as X Men First Class, not even close. But it, but the lows were not 
were not nearly as low. So I didn't, I walked out of it with like, oh, it was all right. Like, I, it really was. Like, I, I'd seen worse shit, you know. I mean, I'd seen a lot worse. I, it's not even the worst. I didn't feel like it's the worst superhero movie ever made, you know. Oh, no, Which I think it, it, we should start I mean, trying to figure out that out right now. Um, does Catwoman count? Ooh, that's a toughie. Like, Cat, is that Cat, sort of Cat a perennial? Catwoman or Daredevil? Yeah, I'm not even sure if Daredevil... I think there's worse than Daredevil. I mean, Elektra's worse than Daredevil by far. Oh, I've not even seen Elektra. Yeah, Elektra's shitty. But I almost feel like like women superhero movies get such the shaft. Like, if you look at Catwoman, Supergirl, and, like, Elektra, you should just, like, not even... It shouldn't count. You know what I mean? Like... It's it's clear that... I remember remember seeing Catwoman in... This is one of those bizarrely, like, incredibly fresh memories. Kate and I were on vacation, uh, and we were having an incredibly lazy getting up morning. We put on television to see if the news was on, and it was Catwoman that was on the channel. I was like, oh, I've never seen this. I'm going to watch five minutes. I kind of got hypnotized by the shitness. Right. Because it's just appallingly bad. And you watched the whole fucking thing, huh? No, I watched I watched a significant chunk, though. <laughs> I didn't see the whole fucking thing, but part of that was because Kate was like, "We're leaving." Right, we're, we're leaving. We're, we're, we're on leaving. vacation. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're not. not. You're not staying for yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I would say Catwoman is probably the worst. Interesting. Well, like I said, I feel like we should cut the female so that fit side uh, aside. Superman it seems four. Like- Oh, there we go. See, that's what I was saying. I was going to say, and also there's that weird zone of like, does it count if it's like a superhero movie that wasn't actually, because like, I never liked Darkman. I was thinking back to that the other day. Oh, that's Darkman. Darkman's okay. Darkman's got, Darkman has one or two scenes that I dearly love, and the rest of it is shit, shit, and shit. It is a terrible thing. Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3 is really bad. You know, Spider-Man 3 reminded me a lot of Green Lantern to me, honestly, in that they were both, like... Incredibly tone-deaf at times. It seemed like Yeah, tone-deaf and dull, and there's too much jammed into it. Although, I don't know, it's like the... Did, the... Didn't Green Lantern feel like Iron Man 1 and 2 at the same time? Mm, I was saying it reminded me. It kind of... Yeah, I can sort of see that. It's closer to Iron Man... Like, Iron Man 2 is kind of my standard for the overstuff, like the superhero movie that would be fine if there was just 30% less of it. Yeah, you know but, uh, yeah I mean? but I agree with that so much, so much more than it could take out. I mean, all the, all the, how you're traumatic, you're traumatized because of your father's death, like literally oh, yeah. comes from nowhere and goes nowhere. Yeah, they. I heard that they fucked that up because of the way that it was originally set up, but imagining how it was really set up, I think would have sucked too. Like, the whole idea that it was supposed to open with Hal and Carol and Hector as kids, as kids. and you see them, I think that that was Oh, bad. yeah, but, but here's one reason why that would have be been better. It would have started off with the main characters and not having a five-minute monologue. Oh, agreed. That that five-minute monologue, once that sort of... Here is the history that, of the universe. Yeah, although... Man, Jeffrey Rush, he's a dead-on ringer for Alec Guinness, isn't he now? Oh, God, what I was going to say, he sounded to me like Anthony Hopkins, and I was like, wait, is Anthony Hopkins doing the voiceover for this and being Ozan in Thor? That's so funny. No, I I could have sworn that it was, to me, he sounded exactly like Alec Guinness. Well, if they, they, they really, really like, do want, dead on. They really do want Green Lantern to be Star Wars, so they might have, that yeah, might have that's kind of what I felt. That, that might have been a, hey, 
can you, can you just watch this bitch where he goes not for a long, long time over and yeah. over, over and over again and just try and get that. Do that. <laughs> and he just goes into the garden and goes not for a long, long time. Not for a long exactly. Time. Exactly. But Peter Sarsgaard, holy shit, was he great in that movie. He was like he was so good. And also legitimately at a couple of points creepy in a way that A, I think really worked for the character, and B, I did not expect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I he's he's so I mean, he really was. He was did I tell you that I watched uh the mechanic? Um I don't remember. I think I, the, I actually Jason think Statham? I was just Yes. Yeah. Jason Statham and Ben Foster. Did it did did we talk about this? I think we did, but we might not have actually put it in the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, I I'll just throw this in cuz it I had that same effect, uh, thing when watching Peter Sarsgaard of there's like 20 minutes of the mechanic where it's just Jason Statham running around doing his Jason Statham-y type things. And you're like, yeah, this is okay. And this is this is actually really – it is – the mechanic is a legitimately embarrassing movie to me because up until the point where Ben Foster shows up on screen, I made the mistake of thinking of Jason Statham as an actor. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I don't mean – And then Ben Foster comes along and he's like, this is this – is- Acting. Yeah. This yes. This is what it means. This is what you do. You can take anything and you make it interesting just by Ben Foster. Like he's playing like he's playing the world's most cliched role. But the way that he just the way he fucking drinks a glass of water at one point legitimately. It, I swear to God, he drinks a glass of water and it's more interesting than what Jason Statham has been doing for the last 35 minutes of the movie. And, and Skarsgård's the same in Green Lantern. Like, he, he completely elevates the material so much. Yes. So just by the way that he says his first line, the, the, the type of voice that he chooses, the sort of semi-fame mannerisms, everything that he brings to that character to give it both a weird humanity and, like you said, that unsettling creepiness makes everyone else in that movie look bad, look really bad. Like, I think the guy playing Sinestro is about the only person who does not suffer by comparison. I have to say, I don't understand why everyone's thinking Mark Strong's great at Sinestro. I thought Sinestro was really bland. I uh, Sinestro did nothing for me. Really? Interesting. Yeah, absolutely nothing. I got uh, as much from Mark Strong being Sinestro as I did from CGI Kilowog. Oh, wow. CGI Kilowog drove me nuts. I think that, honestly, uh, for me, uh, Mark Strong as Sinestro, part of why he works is, of course, the character is so... Um, I mean, he's he's a hard-ass in the movie, but, of course, he's right at every stage, more or less. So it's it's hard to root against him. But for me, it's like he's the only character who... Uh, He's actually really – he's just – a lot of times he's just staring with like really judgmental eyes. I think, that, I think that in CGI movies, a lot of actors are so unsure of how they're acting or what they're acting in front of that their work has kind of this weird sort of hesitant or tentative kind of quality to it. Like – I think it's pretty daring. Like, Mark Strong as Sinestro, it's not like he's, like, giving it, like, a range of nuance or anything like that, but you, he totally makes you believe... I feel like I saw everything that that character was thinking 
even when the character wasn't speaking. And there's a lot of shots that are Sinestro that are just reaction shots, mm-hmm. much more so than almost anyone else in the movie, except maybe the fucking Guardians, which look like fucking shampoo bottles. So also, is it just me, but for all the money that that movie spent on CGI, did the Guardians not look terrible? They looked awful, didn't they? I was shocked. I mean, the, the effects were not spectacular on, at most levels, but the Guardians in particular looked really, really fake. I, I was actually okay, more or less, with most of the other effects, kind of. Uh, and I, I have to admit that I saw it in 2D, so maybe 3D brought it to a whole new level that my stereoscopically oh, oh, impaired eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, of crapness. But no, the Guardians looked bad. There were stages where the way that their fucking mouths were moving, I was like, how did you guys fuck this up? Like, I was really kind of surprised. They looked like... No, no joke, there was one point where I realized that they all had four nostrils, and after that, I couldn't look at anything else. Oh, is that what I had? I thought I had a pierced nose. No, I was like, I four nostrils. Also, at least one of them in 3D seemed to have two different tops of their heads. Uh, well, there, I mean, there was that whole thing where they were wearing those weird shower caps. Yeah, but I mean, one of them seemed to have two different tops of heads. Oh, like their head, their head seems to like I don't know maybe it was like bump or something. Their head seems to end twice. Right, I got the sense that instead of going for the super high foreheads of the DC Guardians, they went for the super long foreheads. So it looks like they've got two craniums shoved together side by side. I thought. Also, wasn't one of them a woman? Which yes. is also but, like I'm like no, that, that's been the case in the comics for a while. Oh, has it? Oh, yes. I thought. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, sure since at least the Jeff John Tron, uh, oh, okay. there have been female right. guardians. Uh, there definitely have been because one of them became the guardian who went over to Necron and Blackest Night. Right, of course, because that's what you do when you're a chick. Wow, but it used oh, to be the right. Used to yeah, it used to be that the guardians were all male and Zamruns were the female guardians. Exactly. See, you and I, of course, remember our Inglehart Green Lantern. So that's, I always assumed that that had remained canon. I didn't realize what I think happened, and I might be wrong, is that the current Guardians are somehow artificially aged children of those original Guardians who were killed by Hal Jordan in Emerald Twilight. Oh, that makes sense. Although, just to be like crazily complicated, because they also seem to have the personalities of the original. Right, exactly. And, of course, then there's... So, Ganthet is, like, the only remaining original Guardian. Yes, except I, he might be dead now. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> he probably is. I'm sure. Well, I, I know. I've been reading more of the Green Lanterns, but I honestly... First of all, they completely screwed the pooch on shipping that. And secondly, I honestly can't remember where they left it with him. He's definitely lost a hand. Right. Right. It's a Jeff Jones comic. Yes, of course. Of course. That the man must have had some sort of traumatizing masturbation oh, experience. No, it's Jeff, Joseph yes. Campbell and Star Wars. Sorry, Joseph Campbell plus Star Wars equals Jeff Jones thinking that cutting hands off is important. Yeah, well, I guess so. I mean, in the sense that he just cuts off the hands of people who never become anything again. Like, no, their no, hands no, 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 no. He cuts off the off. arms of people who aren't important. Oh, thank you. Sorry, you're right. If it's below, <laughs> if it's below the wrist, it's important. The guides to Jeff Johns' delimings. Wow. Now, see, there's an ebook that you could probably sell and make some big money about. I'm, I'm planning on it. That's going to be my third ebook. 
what were the first two? Now I'm actually like, I'm like, you've got two other crazier ideas that you're going <laughs> to really bust don't. out now? I say that, then I was like, quick, come on with two more ideas. Ever since I was in art school, I've claimed that if I ever write a novel, it's going to be called Ugly Children, I Am Your God. So that would obviously have to be my first ebook. No matter what right. it's about, it could be a cookbook, and I'd call it that. <laughs> um, Wait, what, what is it called again? Because I, uh, I only kind of... Ugly Children, I Am Your God. Ugly Children, I Am Your God. That's funny. You know what I always insisted my first novel was going to be called? On your go. Night? What's that? <laughs> Which is? Oh, yes, is, and coming now... Nice job, monkey pants. Now get in the van. <laughs> oh my god, I would read that. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a whole long story behind it that I won't actually tell you, but uh, suffice oh, it to at say, at least we have a name for this podcast now. <laughs> I, I, I think I'd prefer yours first before, uh, or, or maybe the the that's my third ebook will be. I think actually a very good podcast. I don't the name of my third ebook is going to be that's my third ebook. <laughs> it's going to be better. Yes, yes, it's going to be a delight. Oh, so um, it, did you want to talk? Is there any other things you want to talk about, Graham? I, we've talked about I, Green Lantern the movie to an impressive see, degree. It, is there anything else I want to talk about uh, comics wise? I honestly can't. I'm sure there is. I just can't think of anything right now. What do you think? Are, of the, are, are we uh, wrapping up? Is that what you're uh, we, well? We we should probably think about it. I think because. You know, just to keep us uh, keep the trains rolling on time. Uh, what did you think of? Uh, also, but part of it's like, well, I want to see what you want to talk about, and also see things. I was curious what you thought of the Grant Morrison quote on Mark Miller. Um, uh, I it really just made me want to know what the story is. I know that's exactly. a. I mean, that's a really. I mean, Morrison likes his hyperbole, but that's a really strong thing to say. Isn't it? I mean, it's really strong. And the thing that I think is interesting is is that, you know, having not heard it but just read the transcript on Bleeding Cool is it's this very you, – you sort of can sense how, how strong a topic it is for Morrison because he so clearly is fighting not – trying not to talk about it. And so when you get to that last line where he's like, you know <laughs> – I, there's there's not good feeling between my myself and Mark for many reasons, most of which are he destroyed my faith in human fucking nature. Is like, wow, you know, like that's kind of that sells it to me. Like I'm sort of like I sort of want to know. I sort of also feel that it's entirely appropriate that I exactly. I, yeah, I I really want to know, but I also can tell from that that it's so painful. Yeah, that I don't want you to say. If that makes right. sense. Yeah, no, I'm the same way, exactly. Where it's like, wow, like on the one hand, the dish would be interesting, but it really so brings it back to the level of like, uh, like you're you're clearly hurt. Yeah, like you're Still. you would yeah that you're sort of reveling in, in in genuine human suffering by trying to get the details out, and I think that that really was like, wow, I kind of hope that nobody ever asks him about it again as a result of this. Which are you have you, have you have you listened to the interview? No, no, because it. it, it I, I'm the, on, I'm only like twenty minutes into it, and it's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, it sounded fantastic. Uh, but part, part of it, it's, it's really, yeah, it's really relaxed, which I think is partly why I really like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they're not. 
they don't have an agenda beyond basically we're talking to fucking Grant Morrison. Right. But they're also smart enough that that's enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So things things really do jump from thing to thing to thing to thing. And, but they keep up. There's no level of, what, but but what's happening in Batman Incorporated? Right. You know what I mean? Like, that, right. that's enough about, you know, the curse of Superman. What's happening in Batman Incorporated? Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, we'll go with it. Um, which is, is really enjoyable. So yeah, I'm, at some point I'm hoping to hear the rest of it. I've already put up a blog, post on Blogger News where I'm just being like, you should all listen to this. Like, right. I got like maybe 10 minutes into it and I was like, I, I think people should, should listen to this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking forward to grabbing it and checking it out. Although the transcript is apparently coming soon, which might be better because the sound quality is kind of shit. See, uh, that my only worry is is that between the sound quality and the accents, uh, and, and Grant Morrison is... I think pretty soft spoken at times. So yeah, and also they're recording him on speakerphone. If that makes sense, so you've got like an extra level of distortion. Right, right. Yeah, that would be really rough. I think um, it's a shame those Skype conference calls don't work reliably because they sound pretty good when they work. You know. Well, maybe 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 it was hips. I mean, really. We we don't know yet. Maybe it's true. we don't know. It's true. Yeah, his 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 denials uh, notwithstanding. I, um, I I played the opening of that for Kate, and she just laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, wait, go go ten minutes in, and I guess the do 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 wah wah. And she just killed herself. She was crying. Well, good. I'm quite glad. Um, it was uh, fabulous. But no, I, I like. I, I also really wish I knew. Do you know what I mean? And also, mm-hmm. did you read the bleeding cools, bleeding cool comments thread about it? No, no, that would be kind of interesting. The as well. first comment is from someone called Will Cooper, who says there are some very, very good reasons why Graham Morrison doesn't like Mark Miller. They're personal, and I can well understand why he wants to keep them out of the public eye, which suggests that he knows what they are. Ooh. Well, you know, which, which I don't know, like maybe that would be the sort of thing that you would want to type if you want to have people pay attention. But yeah, but yeah, I, mm, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I don't know. This is my my personal thing. Is is I'm sort of like, again, it's I don't know. Was it like? It's like Green Lantern in the movie. Like I'm like people are surprised that like Mark Miller might be a shit bag. Like I'm sort of like, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Like. Not, well, I I, I still remember the spectacular Mark Waid Grant Morrison exchange in a, a convention about Mark Miller. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know this. It, it was great. It was a Mark Waid. I think it was a Grant Morrison spotlight panel, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Does anyone have any questions?" And Mark Waid's question was, "Is it true you know Mark Miller?" <laughs> and Grant Morrison's response was, "I don't think anyone knows Mark Miller." That's lovely. That's uh, that that is that is and yes, I think that that absolutely sums sums up my secret theories about about Miller. So yeah. Well, I mean, but uh, I mean, the the rest of Morrison's quote is really telling as well. Tell me more, Graham. I'm trying to think. Where, I'm trying to find the actual things again. I'm on bleeding cool. He's got. Uh, he says, Mark has to make a certain smokescreen of himself to look a certain way. You know. Hmm. Uh, look at the sales of Ultimate Comics, Ultimates versus Ultimate Avengers. That's what it's all about right now. So, I mean, I I think 
I think everything everything that has been said points to Mark used Grant's name and then fucked him in the ass. Yeah, I. That's interesting. That's that kind of so wasn't necessarily my take. On, well, y- yes, used his name, which I think is kind of I don't know. The there there is some level of apprenticeship in in comics, but yeah, definitely whatever the whatever the stage of fucking him was, yeah, I think it was. Um, it's going to be more than just like, oh, he stole a story idea kind of thing. So, I don't know. I just. Uh, oh no, I, I think it's a, I think it's a personal fucking. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like exactly. I, I think he did. I think he did something that is clearly and demonstratively and understandably wrong. Uh huh. That impacted Morrison, not just professionally. Yeah. Agreed. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. We will hopefully. I mean, we'll 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 never know, right? But at the same time, I, I, I kind of, I also kind of hope it doesn't come up again, right? Well, see, that's it. I think that's the that's the thing that sort of uh, I would like more than anything is like, even though we're sort of sitting here talking about it in a way that kind of can't help but fan the flames a, a little bit just because the more all of us talk about it the more people are going to you get more people going so what really but I do kind of hope in a way that everyone like takes that little point and goes oh okay let's this is kind of like stuff that we shouldn't necessarily be talking about you know it's not just like uh, you know like yeah and then it turns out that the end of Superman Red Sun was you know blankety blankety blank yeah, I mean, because that, like that's one of the things that everyone knows. Everyone knows that Morrison ghost wrote uh, an authority issue without credit, right? And everyone knows that Morrison came up with the ending of Red Sun. Right. Like, is that not like acknowledged? I, I don't. I don't think that's what it is. Whatever it is. Agreed. Agreed. No, exactly my point. I think whatever else it is is going to be something that, that we we would not expect, and we really probably should not know. So yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think it's whatever it is, is something that like people would be very upset at Miller for, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Like something that just be like, oh, I can't believe he did that. And right, it, would, exactly. it, would ch- it would change their perspective towards him for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, for those of us who, who believe that he needs changing. So, um, well, yes, on that merry note, my goodness, I thought you did a, a marvelous job like steering the ship through that sea, sir. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Because we should think about jumping off sooner. Right? Uh, let's see. Anything else you want to think about? Nope, only that I'm looking forward to my week of almost vacation, which starts tomorrow. <laughs> that is fabulous. Can I ask you, at the risk of showing myself as an even larger ignoramus to our listeners... What? Sure. I feel like it's been like nine million years since an issue of Flashpoint or Fear itself. Are they running late or? No, I think I think they're all in time with uh, Flashpoint because what makes it weirder is June's a five week month, mm. mm-hmm. and so they both shipped June issues already, so they're not due another issue until next week. See, that must be I, I, maybe the earliest. There might even be two weeks until they're due another issue. No, Flash Flashpoint will be June another issue next week. It was first week of June. Okay, all right. Because I was and really Fear, having so was problems itself. with this. Fear, Fear itself was first week because it came out the same day in June. But yeah, okay. They, okay. They both ship June issues in the first week, and it's a five-week month. Ah, okay. Thank you. Because when, when participating in that roundtable, it just seemed like every time I turned around, there was a new issue 
of one of the two to write about. And so it was like I was, you know. And then you're like, wait, I finished writing about them. Where are they? Where are well, yeah, exactly. Kind of like, uh, shouldn't they be here yet? Like, I'm I'm in a very weird sense of. Well, what's actually there. keeping me on track with that is all the Flashpoint tie-ins. Like, right. because I have masochistically shipped me all of them. Wow. Uh, I'm like, well, this is the last week of Flashpoint tie-in, so mm-hmm. next week will be Flashpoint again. Wow. Man. Well, here's here's the thing. I you know I've read a, a, a smattering of the Flashpoint titles, and I don't know if you saw my review. I didn't see yours if you reviewed it, but I I really thought that Legion of Doom book was a serious turd. Like, not that I was. Oh, I I, anything, I, I but... pretty much I reviewed it, but it pretty much threw away in like two sentences and just said it's crap. Like, I I just thought it was I thought it was really bad, but I didn't think it was bad in a way that made me even vaguely interested in writing about it. It seemed like, like the Jeff Johnsian they're all really bastards right. done with even less wit and charm than Jeff yeah, Johnson brings to it. Which I, which exactly. I think is it's almost non-existent when it comes to the rogues. I think he's completely fucked those as characters. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Legionism is just that bit more so. I, I, I understand why you dislike it so much, but I can't mm-hmm. even be that interested in it. Well, which is the thing that Hibbs also said. So I'm like, huh, okay, I'm barking up uh, the wrong tree here because it, de- it did seem to me like, I'm like, wow, I'm really shocked that no one's talked about how bad this was because it really struck me as like because, a... Do you, know, do you know why? Because they read Brightest Day Aftermath and they read Canterbury Critic, Critic, Cricket. Right. Both of which are <laughs> demonstrably worse books. Wow. It's really hard to be like, this is a terrible, terrible, terrible book when something comes out. It's funny, people are saying this to you in the comments, right? Something comes out so close that it's so much worse. It does right. become almost better in context because you're like, well, it wasn't that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was no Canterbury cricket or... Uh, what's Brightest Day Aftermath? Is that the, is that the search for Constantine? Yeah. Oh, right. It's Constantine search for Swamp Thing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that, oh, really th- there was actually, uh, did you see the interview on CBR today with Scott Snyder, Jeff Lemire, Josh Falkoff, and uh, Paul Cornell talking about DC Dark? No. They pretty much come out and like, yeah, it's fair to go, except you can't swear. Lemire and Cornell, and I think Snyder as well, all come out and say, I'm writing this as if it's a vertical book. Well, that's that's a that's a good sign. I, I think it's a really good sign. I also think it means it's going to get cancelled really fucking, like, all of the books are going to get cancelled really quickly. But um, they also, Snyder at least gives some insight into how he ended up with the books, and he seems to be working on them for before there was a relaunch. Yeah, there's like weird, like, you know, the the whole... I, I do wonder if, like, Kelly Sue's story about having this crazy turnaround thing, if that was standard for everybody or she was somebody where, like, she was being pulled in on a book where somebody dropped out. Like, I just don't know. I mean, clearly there's a widespread in terms of how long some of these people have been working on their books. Yeah, because Snyder pretty much says he's been working on Swamp Thing since before there was a relaunch plant. Wow, right. So, yeah, that right off the bat. Well, which makes sense, right? Because, of course, it was it appeared to be where Brightest Day was going to end up, apparently. Right? With the Swamp Thing. We'll see, when it, we'll, see when it, yeah, we'll see when it launches. We'll see if it follows the... Because part of me wonders if Brightest Day Aftermath is, exists to tie up those loose ends 
and give Swamp Thing a fresh start. Oh, you mean like, like to to take care of to take that... care of the the cliffhanger, the Swamp Thing cliffhanger. Wow. At the end of the so that by the time Swamp Thing one comes about, they don't have to be like, is he Alec Holland? Is he not Alec Holland? What is the right. dark that's controlling Swamp Thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if they can just be like, ignore all of that. We took care of that in that three issue series. Everyone took the shit out. Right. That that clearly must have been turned around in about seventy five seconds in order to fit into the the shipping thing. Wow. Yeah. We'll see. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I would not be surprised if Snyder's Swamp Thing is not massively connected. Yeah. 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 Um, hmm. Well, I that'll be very interesting to see how that all works out. I didn't sign up. It's funny. I had I should have should have made a copy of the list of titles that I signed up for. But you know, Hibbs had the the DCU the new DCU onomatopoeia out early, um, and uh, I filled it out last time I was at the store. And I think it would have been interesting to compare notes to see what you were planning on picking up. Or I'm planning on picking up far too many. Yeah, I sort of I'm, 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 I'm really crazy. hoping that I'm getting a lot of comp copies because otherwise, otherwise I a will not be able to afford them all, and b will have to pick and choose. Wow, I, I, I'm definitely interested in sampling the first issue of more than thirty. Wow, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I definitely turned it back uh, dialed it down a notch but I still ended up with I think six titles that I signed up for as a continuing like right out of the bat maybe maybe four I'm trying to think like I ended up not going with Hawkman I did go with were you you going to go with Hawkman well dude I'm kind of a like Tony Daniel and Philip Dan? Really? No, no. I, I well, but if they, I if they had done the remember when I'm like, oh, it's going to be a history book. It's going to be historical. It's going to be yeah, Conan. But it's, but it's it's Tony Daniel and Philip Dan. Well, if it had been the if it had been my way, I still would have given it a try for at least the first issue. But now I'm not even doing that. So yeah, I didn't. Good I'm, luck gonna, to- I'm, now, I'm now going to really quickly skip to the list and tell you what I'm likely to pick up. Great. And li- lightly pick up action ma- uh, action comics. Action comics is, I think, the gimme on the list. Might sample Animal Man. Probably okay. sample Batgirl. Okay. Um, look at that list. Might sample Hawk and Dove because I do like Sterling Gates, and I'm curious as hell about Rob Liefeld. Um, right. Maybe Justice League International. Mm-hmm. Maybe Omac. Definitely Stormwatch after reading Cornell's interview about it. Hmm. Uh, maybe Swamp did you see Cornell's interview no Cornell's interview he's created a, a character who is the voice and god of the internet called the projectionist which I think is so funny on so many levels <laughs> um, maybe Static Shock number one probably Swamp Thing number one so that's the first week then Batwoman number one maybe Batman and Robin number one maybe Frankenstein Agent of Shade number one maybe Demon Knights number one Let's see what else. Maybe Mr. Terrific, because I do love that teaser. <laughs> um, it's probably it for the second week. Then third week. Let's see. Third, oh, third week is thankfully light. Maybe Green Lantern Corps. Probably Legion of Superheroes. Maybe Nightwing. Maybe Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Maybe Wonder Woman. 
Then fourth week, uh, uh, The Flash, Firestorm, Justice League Dark, Superman, and that's it. But that's a lot. That is a lot. And also, uh, those, those are the ones that I'm probably going to buy as opposed to the ones I would be interested in reading, which is almost all of them. Well, sure. I mean, all of them I'd be kind of – well, no. I mean, there's some that I'm not – I'm clearly not going to be bothered with. I think. Also, as we said, the, the last week of September is when the Commandy Last Boy of Earth Omnibus comes out. Hooray! That is the best news ever. I can't – it's ironic. I'm like, I can't wait to get my hands on it despite having all 20 issues and the first two like masterpiece collections. I'm like, but I can't wait. <laughs> uh, I, I, I th- DC What's Comics. Any, anyone from DCPR who's listening to this, I know it's not likely, but it's, it's coming out a week before my birthday, DC Comics. Send oh. me that. that literally, one week before my birthday. Send me that comment. Go on. Well, didn't you, you, you got, know, you, you've got some I, nice I, stuff I, I from got, them. I got so. all Superman <laughs> basically because <laughs> I asked. <laughs> well, it, it pays. That's it right, pays. ladies and gentlemen. It does pay to be greedy. <laughs> Well, it's not like you're doing it every month, Graham, for God's sakes. Uh, let me think here. I think I, I signed up for the first issue of OMAC, not not as a reoccurring, because Comics Experience, you can commit to just the issue or as a, as a reoccurring title. I think I signed up for, I definitely signed up for Action. I want to say that I signed up for both Frankenstein and uh, Demon Knights as recurring titles, believe it or not. Um... I, I, really no, I, I, I can see that. I think Demon Knights is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so too. But I mean, everyone's also making noises like those are the first ones that, you know, to be Oh, killed. yeah, it's Frankenstein, Frankenstein. I think Demon Knights might be relatively safe um, in a way that Frankenstein won't because I think Demon Knights, A, I think Cornell has more of a pull than Lamar right now. Mm-hmm. And B, Demon Knights actually apparently has ties, it, it, tie-ins to Justice League Dark. Mm. Because they share characters, right? Oh, interesting. Of course, Madame Xanadu and I think the Demon are both in both books. Huh. Right. I can see how you can sort of make that work. Well, it's, um, yeah, you've got like five centuries in between, so. Right. Exactly. Jeez, I'm wondering. Part of me is like, God, am I going to open up the Adobe Acrobat file? To I'm not going to bore everyone. Don't, with don't, don't do that. I will. I will just tell everyone about it at length next time, dear listeners. So yes. So yes, I think, I, I think we'll say goodbye to the listeners. Then. Goodbye, listeners. Yes. Goodbye, listeners. We will be back maybe with an Alan Moore invitation next week. God, that'd be great. Can you bring Alan Moore out next week? Bring, bring <laughs> Alan Moore out next week. Come on. No, I want you to do Alan Moore next week. I didn't say who'd be doing it. Tease. <laughs> uh, oh, which reminds me, well, Gingerbread Girl, we'll talk about that some other time, too. Because I'm, well, maybe we'll talk about it now. I kind of wanted to know <laughs> what your impression was of the ending of it, because you were very coy I, about I, it. I, I got really frustrated that the first time. Uh, I really liked it in second week. Oh, good. Okay, because I actually thought I was kind of like you, fucker. Mm-hmm. You, you would, you would. I felt like it was cheating. I felt like it was saying this is the question. This is the question. This is the question. We're not going to answer the question. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but then second go round, in part because I knew they weren't going to answer the question. I think I enjoyed it much more. 
Yeah, I'm I'm very conflicted in my in my review. I think I said as much for for those reasons. Like I can sort of, it, it it's a deliberate choice. It's very clear that there, but I'm still somehow not quite satisfied with what we ended up with. I think, you know. So it'll be interesting if I reread it if I have that impression. One of the things I do have to say is is that it's a surprisingly chunky read. I mean, it really was one of those, like, for what looks like a relatively slender book, just a little over 100 pages, I don't think, I think even if I were to reread it now, I couldn't reread it all in a go, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's just a ton of stuff going in into it that's very delightful. It's a really lovely, lovingly super compressed little book. It's just whether or not it's frustrating or not, well, I think very from reader to reader a lot. Yeah, but also I think it will vary from read to read. Yeah, I think I could see that as well. I think I could see that as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Very, very interesting. Because uh, I, I finished the book thinking like, I really have to talk to Graham on this because I remember you being a big booster for it right off the gate. Out of the gate, well. Oh, I. I but here, here's the thing. I, I still love it, even though it's frustrated. I still love it. I think, even though the ending frustrates me, there's so much about the books that I completely adore. Yeah. That yeah. that it overwhelms whatever frustrations I have ultimately. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I, I, I think it's charming as shit. I think Colleen's art looks lovely. I think the tones in the pages are mm-hmm. really really nice. I think actually, I think physically, it's just a really nice product. I think it's a really nice book. Oh, yeah. um, but also, I think Paul's. I don't think Paul's written anything better. I think that Paul's really. I think the dialogue is just lovely. I think it crackles. I, I honestly, yeah, yeah. I, I adore, adore, adore it. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's so much to love about it. Um, but it is. It's one of those things where it's like I'm still kind of quasi quasi on the fence-ish I don't know like even even while recommending it it's like I recommend it I just think what it is is I really I can't I hope they do another graphic novel together I just oh, they're, really, already, they're already working on one yeah good I'm glad because they're just both so talented and I think they, they their skills sync up so well together that yeah I'll, I'll be curious also, to see what I'm really curious to see what happens because Gingerbread Girl took a really long time to come to get completed <laughs> Like, Paul apparently finished writing it two years before Colleen basically remembered that she had to draw it. <laughs> um, which led to a lot of tension between them. Because before Gingerbread Girl came out, they were both like, we're not going to do this again. Like, we'll co-write, but we're never going to do a book that Paul, write, Paul writes and I draw. And then, just like maybe a month ago, they're like, no, we're doing something after all. Huh. But like it was, it was like serious drama between the two. Interesting, very interesting. So mm-hmm. I, I'm really curious to see whether they've just forgotten that because lots of people are saying they like the book, or whether they're like, ah, oh, it will be different this time. <laughs> well, I hope that's true because, like I said, their talents mesh really well together, and it's it's a lovely product. I would love to see them do more stuff together if they can. I, I think part of the reason they're also doing it together is I think Colleen's Marvel stuff has completely dried up. Uh, her model stuff? Marvel stuff. Oh, Marvel stuff. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, which... Uh, I, it kills me that Colleen Coover is not, like, 
having to turn down work. You know what I mean? Because I think she's just such an amazing talent. I just, I that is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of. I uh, I still get angry when I think about the way DC's treated her. Uh, DC's treated her as well as Marvel. She has offered to draw stuff for free for DC because she's such a fangirl of certain characters, and they've said no. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's the she, she, she has offered ever. She has offered to draw stuff for free, and she has been told that she does not fit into DC house style, quote unquote. Well, also, I, I, I told you, like Chris Samney had the same experience, right? Uh, but not to that level. I Chris, do Chris, Chris, that Chris Samney agreed to do an issue of Superman with. In fact, he was going to do the Superman Batman issue of Superman uh, uh-huh. with Chris Robertson. Oh, uh, and God, that would have been again. DC said you don't fit into the house style. That is so stupid. Yeah, that is really, really, so really, really, stupid. really upset. Wow, shit. Wow, that is just sobering. Like the, those are those are some horrible choices being made right there. Yeah, no, it's it's horrible because uh, you know to the best of my knowledge, Sammy, Tobin, Parker, and Colleen have all approached DC about doing work and all been turned. <laughs> which, when you think of who they've got working in books, is just upsetting. Well, it is. A, that's just what I was thinking. Like, he may be the nicest guy on planet Earth, but, like, after reading Legion of Doom and then uh, his Suicide Squad interview, I'm like, I have no but I don't want to read the interview. Oh, it's it's fine. I mean, it's just... Uh, I, I just expect it to be, like, completely generic. It's it's generic, except, it, except for the parts that either underline that, A, this guy is, like maybe 22 years old and be and or be an idiot you know like or maybe i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's b because he's a staff writer on supernatural and has been for some time oh really oh, yeah wow okay well then in that case blah. all right uh, note to self do not wikipedia this guy wow Okay, well, um, that's that's a fine closer because I can now go drink myself into like a surly depression, Graham. Thank you. Okay, but only stay there until Monday when you and I are going to hang out again. Hooray! Yeah, that's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs>